Hello there, I'm George Hall, and welcome back to the Good Growth Podcast. Now, if you cast your mind back 18 months or so ago, it felt like you couldn't open your phone or turn on the news without seeing some sort of mention of the metaverse. It was the hot topic in tech for a long time, but in recent months, it seems to have somewhat faded away, being replaced by the likes of generative AI and machine learning. Here today to tell us a bit more about what's happened to the metaverse is Jacob Nichols, account executive here at Good Growth. Jacob, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, George. Thanks for having me on. Uh, now, firstly, I know I alluded to it there in the intro, but I'm sure you've got some stats to back this up. The metaverse seems to have lost a bit of its relevance and a bit of its momentum, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems so. I think um, the hype was definitely generated around 2021 with Mark Zuckerberg changing Facebook to, to Meta. Um, and all the massive investment that's gone with that with I mean Meta was once valued at one trillion and nearly lost three quarters of its valuation and further further to that Meta spent 10 billion on the metaverse alone and I think the product that's come from that that everyone has seen that's kind of killed killed off the hype was um the screenshots from horizon worlds of um Mark Zuckerberg taking a selfie and it basically became the laughing stock of the internet for for a few months. So I remember it vividly. It sort of looked like a, a bit of a creepy face that was somewhat akin to the Nintendo Wii characters. Yeah, he. I mean, he was clearly embarrassed. He shared a he shared a new photo three days later, saying the graphics are better. I promise. And then casting your mind back, sort of eighteen months back to I guess twenty twenty one. What were the initial projections around the metaverse and how it was going to? change and and revolutionize how we communicate digitally and then why hasn't that come to fruition yeah i think um first of all there was kind of a lot of confusion about one what what the metaverse was and two kind of how it would apply to to my life as a as a consumer as a business leader and um i think really it was initially projected to transform absolutely transform the way we worked the way we interacted with our machines but also to kind of improve our lives in the in the real world as well and bring us closer together using technology but it kind of didn't happen in the way that I think most people expected it to because with Meta's vision that I think everyone kind of heard about they expected something to happen very quickly and very um instantly but with the kind of technology that's required, especially in terms of um, like VR, the adoption of VR, like the adoption of VR headsets has basically fallen flat over the past few years. It's a, it's a massive consumer shift if you're going to get people wearing VR headsets to work in, to kind of um, play in as well. I think it's it's a massive thing to, to, to convince them to do, especially when they cost few hundreds a few thousand pounds and um they've been making people sick from motion sickness and they're not hugely comfortable either so yeah i think that kind of like consumer transformation is is definitely what's one what slowed it down but two the pace of the technology that's been coming onto the market as well so do you think if if ar and vr were were not only more accessible but also uh, less motion sickness inducing i guess we'd be in a very different place wouldn't we yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question because I think um, if like nowadays there's a lot of people working from home, um, you know, companies like international companies that have uh, offices in various different countries, they would 
probably want to spend that money per employee to try and bring them closer together and, and bring back that kind of collaboration without having to spend all the money on flights on trains etc or on, or on travel in general um I think in that guys it probably would have picked up a bit quicker but then it's a case of do the will do like employees and consumers actually enjoy it because I think it can feel a little bit forced if you're forcing everyone together in a room in a virtual room with their customized avatars and um they're still sat at home with a, just the only difference is they're wearing a pair of goggles so I think when you kind of frame it like that it does sound a little bit silly and um not not worth the investment but I think once um there's a there's actually something um the Apple Vision Pro is something that I've um looked at and seen and I was like yeah this this feels a bit more like it I think the like the likes of HTC Vives Oculus VRs etc they've been focused a lot more around kind of gaming and really immersing yourself in a different world whereas the Apple Vision Pro has kind of taken it like it's more of a mixed reality so you're pulling your your apps your your work your displays and putting them into context so i think i think something like that makes a lot more sense in terms of consumer adoption because consumers generally don't want to completely take themselves out of reality i would say they want to like augment or um, be able to seamlessly bring the te- bring the tech that they know and love into their reality, which I think that Apple Vision Pro is trying to tackle. I mean, we'll find out early early next year when it gets released into the US. But yeah, um, but again, a massive price point. It's nearly like for two two thousand five hundred dollars, I think. So you know, it's not especially in the cost of living crisis as well. It's not probably the thing that everyone's lining up to buy but but yeah I'm I'm quite excited personally by it. Yeah it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Um and then beyond I guess AR VR and, and the cost implications mm-hmm. are there other hurdles that are yet to be crossed whether it's infrastructure technology that's that have contributed to to the cooling off of the hype? I think there's definitely been some inf- influencer hype around it as well the likes of NFTs for example everyone kind of saw those as a bit of a get rich quick scheme and didn't kind of recognize them for the value that they could potentially have so i think there was a lot of kind of speculation around okay these would be great for kind of like entertainment events like concerts etc like without having that worry or like even like travel tickets without having that worry that like someone's it's been passed down multiple times like it's been able to be to be validated um but i also think it's not had the massive adoption because to be honest, metaverse technology and that sort of web free technology that makes it, that tries to make everything a bit more immersive is one really expensive. And two, you do need a very skilled technological workforce to be able to do it. I mean, and I think the meta example really does put a lot of other companies off because you know, they've dropped 10 billion in it and they're still posting massive, massive losses, then it's kind of like, why, why would anyone, anyone else do it? But there is, there is interesting examples in terms of um, one that springs to mind is BMW. Actually, they've created some virtual factories to run simulations on and understand efficiencies before they actually go and build the factories that they've built cars in. 
which I thought was a really interesting application in terms of using it as a test bed, basically. And I think that it kind of goes back to what, what we do at Good Growth in terms of, you know, test testing and learning and understanding before you go and, you know, drop 10 billion on a metaverse project, which I don't think um, Zuckerberg went through. So... And it's interesting, we, we talk about meta, that they're always in the news around, you know, data, privacy, security. Do you think there's some consumer concerns around privacy when it comes to the likes of AR, VR? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we could have a quick Google and there'll be a conspiracy theory about VR headsets stealing retina scans and using them for God knows what. Do you think that's held consumers back a bit and, and maybe not given them the confidence that they need to, to buy in? I mean, it it definitely came into my head when I was looking at the this Apple headset. Like, they're they're definitely scanning the environment some way. But, but you know, I think it's that it's that balance, isn't it? If you if you want these hyper personalized experiences, then and that's of value to you, then you're going to have to give up a bit of personal data to be able to enjoy and achieve those experiences. But um, I think generally there probably is quite a bit of skepticism around, you know, why why are brands getting involved in this? Is it to get their proposition out there or is it to just, is it another opportunity for a data grab? Is it another opportunity to learn more about, about your customers? But I think there's definitely caution to be taken around hyper-personalized experiences in terms of how much, how much should, how much should consumers have to be giving away to have a more tailored experience like there's no need for 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 scanning of their environment unless it provides value within something so it's all about that kind of value exchange i think perfect and then and to sort of close things off if you were to put yourself in the shoes of of whether it's zuckerberg or, or one of the heads of digital at one of these big companies what, what do you think is the logical next step in terms of reigniting that hype around the metaverse and getting consumers back interested and, and more likely to make a purchase and i guess further on from that is is any of that already happening out there in the market i think i think so i think first of all the fact that like the metaverse really even though it's kind of a catch-all term um it is kind of all around us. Like this Zoom call we, we're sat on today is an example of technology bringing us closer together. And, you know, like things like cross-platform gaming, um, like socializing in Fortnite, VR chat, et cetera, that it, it is here in a way, but it's just, okay, how do we take it a step further? And I think... Um, kind of going back to my excitement of this Apple headset again but I think something like that is is kind of the next step and if if consumers pick that up then I think it could be a really interesting kind of um, like jump board the things they use in gymnastics um, to like um, launch it into into something even bigger but um, but no I think there'll definitely be um a resurgence i know everyone's focused on kind of ai generated by ai at the moment but i think that's just a smaller piece of the puzzle of the of a wider picture really um but yeah sounds the question <laughs> perfect it, it does indeed and look i don't think apple have officially released a, a specific date yet i think it's still slated for early 2024 whatever that means i mean with, with apple you can never quite tell whether they're going to completely stick to that but i think look prices starting at three and a half thousand dollars it'll be interesting to see what uptake is 
Well, Jacob, it's been great to have you on the podcast, and I'm sure it won't be the last time we hear from you. Or the last time we hear about the metaverse, you've been listening to the Good Growth Podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, which is www.goodgrowth.co.uk, or why not check us out on LinkedIn? Thanks very much for listening.